Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 5, The Last Family Gathering. And I will give you a little bit of a heads up. I am drinking heavily for this episode. Carly has not been drinking heavily for this episode. I was worried when you said I'm Corey. I wasn't sure if you were going to say the correct thing or you were going to say something else. That's okay. I've got a little Chumbawamba situation going on. I drink a lager drink. I drink a whiskey drink. <laughs> and that's what's going on. That's It's a Chumbawamba episode for Corey. <laughs> I love whenever we can incorporate Chumbawamba into this. And... We have Natasha Bedingfield later, so what an episode. Wow. What year is it? It's a spectacle. <laughs> Can you get through the episode description? Oh, yeah. So the TLC description for this one is, Cody worries about tight quarters after touring Janelle's new RV, and Mary feels hurt when Cody suggests she move away to run the bed and breakfast full time. Then the family reunites for Isabel's graduation party with a bittersweet celebration. What'd you think about the comment on the tight quarters in the RV? I think that's the only tight thing that's going to be going on in there. <laughs> just the quarters. Oh no, I'm worried for the episode Uh-oh. now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're just getting started here. Why was it a bittersweet celebration? I guess it's because it's the last family gathering. You've got it. I'm, I'm glad we're catching on here. So I'm four drinks in, a little behind. Two sheets to the wind. It takes a second. But we got there. I know that's not an accurate description of what's going on in this episode. So what we'll need is the Carly episode rewrite description to get the real story. Cody makes another wife pay for her own birthday present. Robin introduces her quarantine baby to the world. 
Christine returns to the mic for another jaw-dropping musical performance. So we've completed that storyline, that character arc for Christine. We're closing that out. She found a song to sing in her register, in her key. I'm proud of her. <laughs> I really am. And you, yeah, do you remember when all the theories were flying around that Robin had a secret baby during COVID quarantine? <laughs> I do. That's why when she showed up with that baby doll and she was walking around with it all the whole time, like like it was a um, a project for school. Homac, is that when they give you a baby? Yeah, that's. I think so. Health class, probably one of those. Yeah. You think somebody saw her at the grocery store in Flagstaff and they were like, mm, yep, she's got a baby. She had that thing in the front of the cart. You know it. They sold that story. In. Oh, yeah. She had a car seat for it and everything. Got the full experience. There is maybe a brown... Spirit baby trapped in there. <laughs> the doll is possessed. <laughs> we have an Annabelle Brown situation. <laughs> That's the baby's name. That's it. The baby doll from now on will be known as Annabelle. <laughs> Annabelle Brown. We will be referring to the baby doll as Annabelle moving forward. Good. <laughs> Just in time for the holiday season, Annabelle Brown returns. Right. Well, before we get into the episode, we have a few things to talk about. We have a voicemail message from one of our legal wives on Patreon, Jen. Hey, Corey and Carly, this is legal wife Jen. And I had maybe a theory slash comment uh, about Mary, especially after this last uh, episode um, here on season 17. Um, Maybe, and I'm not a Mary fan, but I feel like maybe I got a little bit more insight into her, especially this episode about her mom and how um, her mom doesn't have any more sister wives or wives have left um, their plural family. It sounds like, again, a theory, I guess. Maybe her dad was a lot like Cody and she maybe looked up to him or she thought that was super normal and maybe she thinks that there's not much that's wrong with Cody and I'm still going to stick it out. Um, That's kind of the vibe I get from her, especially after this week's episode. So not sure what you guys think, but I love you guys. Thanks. Have a great day. That's a good question, Jen. I don't think we really know much about Mary's father. Yeah, not very patriarchy heavy in this religion, in this family, I guess, right? It's it's all for the women. I do have my own theory that I've been working on as to why Mary has been the way that she is. Why are you the way that you are, Mary Brown? I think that what's going on, the reason she's pushing so hard on like needing to repair relationships and things that sound like it's related to Christine leaving, but it's it's really not. She's not concerned about Christine. She's concerned about the state of the family once Christine leaves because she's in a very vulnerable position because people are just going to look at her and say, well, why don't you leave, Mary? Why are you still here? That was your storyline, and you blew it. You let Christine swoop in and steal it. The wife who leaves. And I think she sees that, and she sees this as an opportunity to push Cody to try to fix their relationship. So now she's the wife who hunkers down. Her Fidelis. She has it on full display. The Fidelis is stronger than ever. Christine does not demonstrate the values of Fidelis. No, so she has to demonstrate the Fidelis to Cody and the rest of the family to make sure that they're fully aware This is what's going on. Get used to seeing this mug. (laughs) It's not going anywhere. But excellent question. Thank you, Jen, for reaching out and leaving us that fantastic voicemail. Great conversation starter here. 
that's not all the news that we have going on with Mary this week. We got some more announcements related to Mary and specifically Lizzie's Heritage Inn as well. That's right. So if you have not had enough of that mug and you'd like to see it in person, you have the special opportunity to spend four days at Lizzie's Heritage Inn with Mary or at an inn nearby, depending on how much money you have. Well, and here's the thing. Mary's taking applications to see who she wants to hang out with for those four days in November, right before Thanksgiving. Maybe she'll make you a Rice Krispie Turkey. You think there'll be a a Rice Krispie Turkey demonstration? The activities are not clear. You have to be physically able to participate in activities. It's a weekend of connection, adventure, and empowerment. Oh, here's where she messed up too, because the pricing structure, obviously, let's talk about that for a moment. When you're filling out an application, you have to choose either the standard package or the VIP one. Standard package will run you about 4,500 bucks. VIP, that's going to be about 6,500 bucks. To be fair, I think it's 6,400. So okay, she shaved a hundred off there. Save that extra hundo and use that for your rental car, which you're going to need to get to and from the airports that are three hours away from the inn. And again, if you choose the standard package, you do not actually get to stay at Lizzie's Heritage Inn because there are only four bedrooms, which take your pick of which haunted room you'd like to stay in if you're willing to shell out the 64, uh, to be fair again, 6000 to $6,400 because if you're willing to share a bed with somebody, you can pay $6,000. Do you have to know the person that you're sharing the bed with? <laughs> it didn't specify that. It doesn't. It's not required. But not necessary to specify that. But again, you have until October 21st, you have to complete an application if you're interested in participating. And then Mary will reach out and let you know if you've been selected. And you will, I guess, send her payment immediately. Oh, I'm sure you're going to need to send payment as soon as possible to reserve your spot. But space is limited. That's been made abundantly clear. And I feel like we're doing a much better job of explaining this whole situation than Mary did on her live on Friday. (laughs) Because it's a very very succinct amount of information that's happening right now. Getting right to the point of what's going on. There is no agenda, though. You just know there's like two to four events that are going to take place each day. Right. We'd love to tell you what's actually going to happen in these four days. But Mary doesn't even know. Because she can't share that information with us. She doesn't have any additional information aside from empowerment, connection, Adventure? Was that it? Adventure, I think, was in there. Yeah, that's top of the list. So this is being called a retreat. I would call it a creative way to pay off Coyote Pass. It's one of many, supposedly, that may occur in the future. So may not be your only shot at being able to attend something like this. Right, it's the inaugural, which means that it implies that there would be more than just this one in the future. But I think it depends on how many people will actually fill out an application. You have to refinance your home to fund this trip. I don't know if that's going to be feasible for repeat visits. Why can't they just sell honorary parcels of Coyote Pass? And then you came up with an even better idea because that was where we started last week. Already having better ideas than the Browns. But then you took it a step further this week, Carly, when we were talking about that as well. Why aren't they just doing this? It would be so much better. And the way that you can even amp it up was what you were talking about. You can pick which parcel you want to support. You can support a wife. Right. So you can take a piece from Mary's property, a piece from Janelle's. Pick your poison. Who do you like the most? 
and then we can see whose plots get paid off the soonest. <laughs> and then we can really rank the wives. That's great. It could be like a map, almost like a, an electoral map where we get to see it light up throughout the night and change colors. Yeah, we can have Anderson Cooper up there pointing out all the different zones that Let's are going MC on. it. Maybe yeah. it's for one night only. It's a flash sale. Get the big board. And we're going to, yeah, we'll do the zoom in. Yep. Zoom out. It's happening. Zoom back in. Zoom into another spot. Zoom back out. Man, that would be a blast. I would really get a <laughs> kick out of that. Honestly. Maybe we can buy some airtime on TLC. <laughs> do you think they'd let that fly? I don't know, you guys, but we can try, right? We'll send some emails. We'll see what's going on. Anyway, good luck, Mary. I'm sure she's going to make everyone who attends this retreat sign an NDA, so I wouldn't get too excited about finding out what's going on there. Well, and good Lord, I don't know if we would be accepted. I think that would be the funnier thing to do is to just send in an application or... And get rejected? To get rejected would be one thing, but to make Mary think that we've been accepted, so then of the people that she has there, the five people that show up for this thing, she'll suspect that at least one of the couples that's there is Corey and Carly. <laughs> and just put that thought in her head and let that simmer around. See what happens. If you're interested in more content like this, you want to hear our theories, our ideas, you can join us over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod, where we are talking all week on the Discord with the members of the virtual cul-de-sac, as we call it. So that's the way that you can buy your own virtual plot with us as the podcast, as it stands currently. Join us over at patreon.com slash surviving pod. Huge thanks to all of our patrons out there, except for the basement wife tier. Let's finally get into this episode. All right. Yeah. We kick things off. It's kind of like a Lord of the Rings atmosphere going on here with the scenic shots of the mountain. Kind of got some rings of power vibe going on. We start off with a sob story because Cody feels separated from the family and he's really struggling. Very, very separated because Cody and Christine are on the fast track for divorce, which honestly, this is 10 years way too late. So I don't know how we can call it the fast track to divorce, but I guess we are now, right now. It's still moving slow. It's still moving slow. He's got to do things like help Janelle move. What a fucking pain in the ass. Another thing that he's got to deal with with these four wives of his. But things pay off for him sometimes, like when he wants to buy a particular truck that Janelle is now in need of in order to pull a 15,000 pound trailer, which you know we definitely Googled. Oh, yeah. We had to check the towing capacity of all the vehicles involved. <laughs> Everything that was mentioned, anything that we had stated, yeah, that's all accurate. We need another vehicle because 15,000 pounds, it's a lot. That's a big old RV. That's a big fifth wheel. We had to see right away what he bought. He pulls up in a Ford Super Duty truck. I thought they weren't going to address that. And then we find out, oh, okay, that is an establishing shot for the story. Yeah, even though Robin didn't approve of this purchase because we had to purchase a truck to haul all of this RV. Robin wasn't a fan of that purchase because it doesn't benefit her directly. So <laughs> that all being aside, it turns out that this was Cody's brother's truck. His brother who passed away bought it from the widow over the holidays, his sister-in-law. He bought it over the holidays? He mentioned to her over the holidays, okay. if you're ever interested in selling it, let me know. I'm going to buy it. So he probably called her back and was like, look, I am in urgent need of a truck of this size. I would like to purchase the vehicle. Like, I'm not going to shit on him for wanting to buy something that was his brother's. 
So, okay, you had to buy a truck. He didn't go out and buy a brand new truck. He bought something sentimental. But it turns out that that's going to cause some problems because now he doesn't want anyone else to actually use it. Right. And we're not fully utilizing the effectiveness of this piece of equipment that we now own. We can't just drive it around all loosey-goosey, lackadaisical, go picking up groceries at the Piggly Wiggly. That's not what we're using it for. No, no, no. We've got to park it in Robin's driveway, and that's where it will safely remain. That's what he would prefer to do. That's where I can see it every day. I can make sure it's all right. (laughs) Janelle jokes, doesn't joke. She actually wants to drive the truck. She's excited about it. Maddie and Caleb have a big truck. Surprise, surprise. And she, too, would like to be able to drive this vehicle. That's the secret, right? Is that Caleb has a big truck, so Cody... Needs a big truck. But he doesn't want her wasting it on that soccer mom stuff, because that's exactly how I would describe Janelle. Soccer mom. <laughs> soccer mom. Savannah's her only child who's probably old enough to be involved in a soccer league, and I don't think she's playing soccer. I don't think so. What's Janelle going to do? Take it to a farmer's market? Maybe she's going to sell weed out of it. Yeah, she's got to haul those bricks. She's got some product to move. But in the meantime, we've got other stuff to move in six weeks because it's already May now. Because, again, we're doing about a month every episode. Very impressive for the Sister Wives universe. Applauding the editing team involved in that process. Janelle needs to be out of her rental in the next six weeks. She's hoping to be out on the land in her fifth wheel RV on Coyote Pass by the end of June. Because we got plans to build that fajita casita out on the land. It's basically a detached garage with a living space above it. And that's what we need. That's very common around here. Janelle reassures us. Do not fear the fajita casita. She's going to use it as a grow house eventually. Don't worry. That's the packup plan for the fajita casita. We're going to put it to good use. (laughs) Don't worry. So Janelle's got a lot to do. She's got to downsize this house. She's had a house where she's had, what, four people living in it? Five? How many people? I can't count. Gabe, Garrison, Savannah, and Janelle, sometimes Cody. So like four and a quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a half, huh? Four and a, uh, yeah. (laughs) My math gets a little sketchy because same thing with Cody asking for 50-50 custody of Truly. Last episode, what's 50-50 of one fourth (laughs) of a, you're talking fractions of decimals and then you get into a real complex amount of science there. You got to have Robin do all the minuses and the pluses. The minuses and the pluses. We got to double check them. Robin is concerned about them moving out onto the property in the fifth well because she doesn't think that Cody is going to do well in it. She doesn't think he's going to do well in the fifth well (laughs) at all by any stretch of the imagination. And I liked how Janelle was trying to reaffirm everything about this move. Oh, I'm going to throw a lot of stuff out. There's not going to be a bunch of things. I'm only bringing like three suitcases worth of stuff. Small, little amount of things. I can't even bring a whole bunch of stuff into the RV. She's mostly going to throw out Cody's stuff specifically because he doesn't need it there. That's the plan. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Because then Christine gives us the whole sob story about how Cody used to have four houses in Vegas. We all used to have a house in Vegas where Cody could store his stuff. But now he can't put his stuff at Janelle's because it's a little tiny RV. We're moving out of the actual housing space. And he definitely doesn't have stuff at Christine's house. And he definitely doesn't have stuff at Mary's house. So all this stuff has just got to go to Robbins, and it's already hoarders buried alive over there, as we've established previously. (laughs) So Cody has to pretend like, oh, no, this is such a big, huge inconvenience. But honestly, this is just saving him a step later on down the road. 
Do you know how freeing it would be for me to throw out almost everything I own? We've done it a couple times. (laughs) We've done our fair share of moving. I have a compulsion to get rid of things. I would love this. To have only enough to live in a small recreational vehicle? There's no way Cody and Robin can do it, though. No. no. What would Robin do with all her figurines? It's too many. They would have to build fajita casitas for each holiday of ornaments. That's just the beginning of the problems here. Because Cody and Janelle are starting to realize, maybe we didn't really plan this out enough. Mm, Yeah, I have some regrets on this process. They have to figure out where they're even going to park the trailer to begin with on the property. And then they have a whole nother problem. It's not going to just stay there because the county has a code that says they have to move it every 120 days. It has to go to a different parcel of land. It cannot stay in the same spot. I like to move it, move it. And they're going to have to move it, move it every 120 days. They're going to bounce between plots. And that's where I was wondering, maybe if they actually had like a permanent structure on the land, I'm assuming that they wouldn't have to move it from parcel to parcel because then you could store it. It's just you're you're not using that as the primary residence on the land. But with nothing else being out there, there are no other permanent structures or any other sort of residential accommodations on the land. I'm assuming that's why whatever rule they have takes effect. Right. They don't want people to be buying lots of vacant land and making them into trailer parks, which is actually... The first plan they had for Coyote Pass, remember when everyone was going to buy a trailer and just live out there? But Robin shot that down, but actually probably technically the county shot it down because (laughs) (laughs) legally you're not allowed to do that. Why didn't Chanel explore a tiny house? I feel like tiny house would have been too permanent of a structure. They don't want to build something there that's going to pollute their ultimate view of paradise that they have mentally in their minds for later on down the road. I guess. And we know Janelle wants to have the trailer for later on so that she can go out and travel. And it's, I mean, there are some tiny houses you can move. And then there are tiny houses that are stationary. Right. Yeah. I think this was basically just an excuse for Janelle to finally go out and purchase. She's looking around. She sees that Mary's bought a house. Or no, Mary's renting, right? Mary's renting. But it's a nice big house. Christine bought a house. Robin has bought a million dollar McMansion up on the hill. So she's looking around. She's like, I just got to go ahead and do what I got to do. Why not get what I want out of this? Everyone else is. I want the RV and I'm going to use it and I have plans for it. So she's buying it now and using it as the excuse for temporary housing in the meantime, because the amount of cost that's going, this is not a fiscally responsible decision that's being made at this point. No, and especially when we find out how long she actually lives in it on the property They shelled out a whole lot of money to give her a temporary living situation. Because we're talking, she was talking about how they could have taken out a mortgage. The mortgage probably would have been cheaper on their rental. To outbid whatever bid they had to stay put in the house would have cost less than the actual fifth wheel, the truck to haul it, the cement pads that you're going to have to pour on multiple plots on Coyote Pass, And all the other infrastructure things that you're going to have to do on the land. And the storage, because they had to put stuff in the storage facility. Right. That's a monthly payment. Which is at a premium as well, too. She said that the storage units are basically all full up in town. Do you count the truck, too? Because they had to buy a truck. Truck is another factor in this as well. So here we go. They need to pour some gravel out wherever Janelle is going to put the RV on Coyote Pass. And Cody's like, cool. 
But just so you know, you need to go ask your sister wives for permission to do that because some of those plots are theirs. Because it's time to pave paradise and put up a parking lot. And Janelle's pretty pissed about that, rightfully so, because Cody, first of all, removes himself from the situation. He's not going to help foster those conversations. It's just up to her to do it. Oh, he's regretting purchasing the RV at this point, because I think he's starting to realize all of the other things that are going to have to go into play. And it's like, yeah, man, that's why this was probably not a great call. And this is just kind of an excuse for Janelle to just go ahead and grab something that she'd been meaning to buy for the past couple of years anyway. But isn't this really in vain with what the family does anyway? Because Cody gets really excited about an idea and he sees nothing wrong with it, has no concerns. And then he goes and thinks or talks to Robin, you know, whatever you choose to believe, and then comes back and has a whole bunch of worries and regrets everything. Nothing but problems after that. Yeah. But Janelle doesn't think it's a big deal. She already had their permission, but like, does she though? Because I don't think I remember that being part of the conversation of her parking this RV on other people's property as part of Coyote Pass. I'm pretty sure she left that out of the conversation last week. I don't recall that coming up in the conversation. The other thing that's confusing, because of course I went and looked at the parcel records. So the parcel that she has a permit for is the lot that has her name. And now there are lots where there are multiple wives and Cody who technically own it. That's a completely different conversation from how they're going to split the property up when they're going to split it into five different lots to build on. So really, whose lot are you actually on? Because the parcels and the current owners do not correlate to the lots that they eventually want to split them into. And that's what I got worried about too, was because I was like, oh gosh, if there's some sort of rule where you have to move every 120 days, you have to move an RV to a different lot of land. Is there like, you can't cycle back. You can't bounce it back and forth between two parcels of land. Cause my immediate thought was why doesn't Janelle just do something on her lot and then do the other spot as Christine's lot? Because Christine doesn't give a shit what's going on on Coyote Pass. This is, this land was her land. This land is your land. <laughs> now is basically Christine's stance on what's going on with Coyote Pass. So I thought maybe they could just bounce it between those two, but there might be other rules involved where you can't bring it back to a space where you already had it. So one of the problems is the parcel that is going to be part of Christine's lot, part of Mary's lot, and part of the rental lot is all one parcel. Oh, no. And the parcel that Janelle has the permit for is technically part of her lot and part of Robin's lot, depending on where she is on the property. So it's very confusing about where you actually are and who you need permission from. This is just a whole logistical mess. Because then that was my other thing, too, is this is a big-ass RV. You're going to have to pour a concrete slab for wherever you park this thing. Mary is already worried that they're going to drop an RV somewhere on her plot that she doesn't want an RV. She doesn't want a bunch of concrete out there and a big old RV pad in one corner of her parcel. Then they better go pour this next to the pond. That's the immediate thought. Yeah. Keep Mary away from that pond. Because then my initial reaction was, well, why don't they just make this as whatever the driveway situations would be? Maybe they can kind of bake that in and it's you already have some concrete that's poured for that. And then it wouldn't be impacting the actual land or where the houses are going to be. But we already know they haven't thought that far ahead. Nobody's thinking about building on this land. They've only owned it for the past three years. We're not making any plans. 
Can we also talk about the fact that you can just break up a cement pad and get rid of it? Or, or just pour some more concrete over top of it. I'm sure that that would be okay. Robin, however, is excited that Cody and Janelle are going to be getting out onto Coyote Pass. I thought that this was going somewhere different when she opened her mouth because she was talking about they might get out there. They might start formulating ideas. I thought she was going to say, and they might completely re-divvy up the lots and start thinking differently about how we're going to build. No, no, no. Only thinking of number one, Robin's main concern. Maybe they'll get out there. They'll think of how to pay off these lots because that's not something that I'm going to be doing. So Janelle's done talking about this because we've already established everything we need to establish here. I got to go run some errands. I'm a soccer mom. I got things to do. So I can't be standing around here talking to you next to this truck all day. I got some Gatorade and goldfish bags to buy. Right. Yeah. We're going to go get some. uh, I got to go buy a bag of cuties to peel up here for the uh, after game snack. But no, Cody wants to clarify one more time. I'm not going to advocate for you. You got to go ask the wives for permission, even though the lots, the parcels, everything's fucked. And I don't know either. That's why he doesn't want to deal with it. I don't know who you need to ask. I don't know where it's going, who's involved. I don't care. This is all on you because you bought the RV and you're trying to make this happen. So you figure it out. Janelle's over it. They've owned this land for years. Remember when they said they were going to move and they were going to build and be in the houses by time, was it Gabe, Isabel, and Brianna gra- and Aurora graduated? I do recall that, but <laughs> who could have predicted COVID-19? <laughs> That's what really threw a wrench into this whole plan. Sure, that was it. That was it. They've done nothing. So Janelle's done with that. She's going to start forging forward on her pieces of land. Fuck everyone else. They're dragging their feet. She's not going to be doing that anymore. She's not playing that game. Janelle doesn't want to talk. No more talking. Time to start doing We're going to do things, and we're starting to do things on the land. So we're going to hire some experts. We have three nondescript experts who are going to come walk the land with Cody and Janelle. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know who they're involved with, but they're just picking out spots where the RV can go. Maybe they were surveying the land. Didn't they say they needed to hire a surveyor at one point? Surveyors, builders, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, there is a little bit of work that goes into the land later. Cody mentions one of their neighbors who's coming by to do move some dirt for them. Uh, the producers must have told Mary that this happened because nobody talks to her. And she's kind of confused by the entire situation because as we know, and as far as Mary knows, they need to pay off all of the property before they can actually build anything. So she doesn't really understand why they've brought these builders out to Coyote Pass. Another idea that's going nowhere. And again, Christine's checked out. This isn't hers. This is your problem. Robin's upset that they're going to be plot hopping without talking to her and approving things ahead of time too. But I don't think she's going to go out to the land and talk to the help directly. Well, you know, she can see the land from the Shira Chateau. Oh, right. So she'll just give Cody her feedback notes. When he comes back to the house. She's peering out the window. Right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So Janelle's all about speed. She knows she's going to be moving out there in the RV at end of June. They need to get building something. This fajita casita has got to go up pretty quick if she's going to be in here before winter. Which Anna begs to ask, how are they going to pay off the land and pay to build something in that time? It seems insane. It's a lot to ask. It's a big ask especially with the cost of lumber and the cost of literally everything going up 
through the roof at this point in time as well too. So new plan, maybe they'll move Janelle out on the RV and then just focus on paying down the lots, scrimp and save, get it all paid off, and we'll figure it out from there. Start saving that grocery money, girls. Gotta do it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So now we're shifting gears. We're going out to Parowan. We're at Lizzie's Heritage Inn. We're hearing from Mary. She's still struggling from the loss of her mother, Bonnie, who passed away. It was very sudden. It was very unexpected. Still dealing with that. It's been very difficult. And it's been difficult for business because Mary had to shut down the B&B because, of course, Bonnie was the one who was running it for her. So she has a predicament here. She has no one to run the B&B once it's ready to reopen. So, of course, she's talking about this concern with Cody at one point and decides to share with us that Cody's genius suggestion was, why don't you just move up there, Mary, and you run it yourself? Head on out Utah way. I like that Mary didn't even have to ask permission to move to Utah. Cody was just like, why don't you go? Get in the car, pack your things, just go and don't come back. Oh, yeah. He can't imagine Christine, who is divorcing him, moving to Utah. But Mary, his still current wife, technically, I guess, doesn't even have to ask about moving to Utah. Cody is suggesting that she go ahead and do that. And of course, Robin has to make excuses for him. So she's like, nah, I don't think that he meant it that way. Although it definitely could seem insensitive. Oh, Cody likes to think out loud. He processes. He is creative. And sometimes it is frightening. <laughs> and this was frightening to Mary, that's for sure. It was frightening for a lot of people. Christine and Janelle are confused about why Cody would even think Mary would want to live at the B&B because she's made it very clear to all of them since the day she purchased it that she has literally no intention of ever living there full time. Oh, I love how Christine isn't even a part of the family anymore, technically, and she understands that Mary does not want to live at the B&B full time. She literally only purchased it so that it would be back in the family, but Cody is still under the impression that this is Mary's escape plan, and it always has been and it always will be, and so why don't you go ahead and pull that parachute? No, I don't think that Cody thinks this is an escape plan. I think that this is Cody's. It's his escape plan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. He's almost done with Mary. He's got like one thread left to cut. And he saw an opportunity and tried to take the scissors to it. Because he's like, well, maybe if she realizes, if she's that far away and she realizes that she doesn't need to be around anymore, she'll just decide finally to depart. 
We made the point like she doesn't have a relationship with anyone in the family. We don't interact with her even though she lives here in Flagstaff. So why doesn't she just, you know, go? She was here laying this burden at my feet, so I offered a solution. Right. Cody's just trying to provide solutions, and Mary didn't want to hear that, obviously. I thought that was particularly shitty because, like, Mary's grieving. She's upset about her mother. She needs a partner, who you would assume would be your husband, to listen to you, not to necessarily solve problems for you, but someone who you can vent to. And again, just another way that Cody does not live up to another wife's expectations of him. So then Mary goes into this whole deep, dark backstory here where there used to be this idea within the family that they could get through anything. Mary was here when they started the family, in case you forgot. Cody was in love with her. She needs to remind us. He did love me at one point. There was a time, and Mary thinks that miracles can happen. Things can be healed for anybody who wants to fix So she is eternally hopeful. Anybody in the family who wants to repair their relationship with her, particularly Cody, she's here for it. And this is what plays into my theory that it's really all about Mary trying to reincorporate herself into the family and not really about Christine leaving. Mary's kind of spiraling here. She's going through this big transition in life. She's lost her mom. Her business is in limbo right now. She's trying to figure out what's going on there. She's got all this Christine stuff to deal with. She's got all this Cody stuff to deal with. What is it that she can control, that she can harness and manage and actually push through, focus on, and get through? should ask Robin. Robin's very good at identifying the things she can control. I suppose so. Right now, Cody is talking shit about Janelle's decision to buy this RV. He says that she looked at rentals for probably like a half an hour and then said fuck it and went and bought this trailer. Right, so now Cody is referring to this fifth wheel as Janelle's birthday present. Because, of course, anything that Janelle buys, it has to be explained away as either a holiday, anniversary, or birthday gift. (laughs) Remember when she bought furniture that she needed when they moved into the houses in Vegas and that became, like, basically every celebration you have for an entire year, that was her gift? I'm pretty sure it was the bed that Cody deemed as her Christmas anniversary slash birthday present. This one's worse because Janelle tells us she bought this RV with her own money. So technically it's not a present. No one bought it for her to give it to her. It's a present from Janelle to Janelle. (laughs) That's only her name on the tag here, but we're going to go look and see what she bought because again, she bought this site unseen. She did not check this out. It was the last one available. So she just bought it. She's definitely not, a very impulsive person. So you can tell as they're getting closer to where they're going to go look at the RV, she's getting more nervous because the moment is going to come where she's going to find out, did I really buy what I thought I bought or did I just lose a whole lot of money? So she does not want Cody to film her initial reaction, which man, I wish they would have. No, I wish they filmed Cody's reaction. I don't care about Janelle's reaction to the RV. We saw the rental Janelle is living in. The standard of the RV, much higher. I want to see Cody's first reaction to the size of this living quarters. But instead, we get a little brief conversation about masks and mask policies. And it's very quick. It's easily you could have missed it. Right. This is May and it's Janelle's birthday. So that means it's the beginning of May. 
And she says, you know, do you have your mask? Because they're getting out of the truck. They're going to go, I guess, probably into somewhere to get the key to actually go look in the in the RV. Maybe that was it. Yeah, because the RV is not going to be inside anywhere. It's made to be outside. <laughs> right. It's not in a showroom. Right. So he's like, yeah, I have it in my pocket. But I mean, no one's really wearing masks anymore. Masks? Who wears those? What are COVID protocols? So the beginning of May 2021, the Brown family declares the pandemic is over. I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a nice brief little aside that was very quickly interjected in some of that self-shot footage with Cody trying to capture Janelle's initial response to the RV. But first impressions walking through it, it's big for Janelle. And then it's so small for Cody. Well, he is used to the comfort of the Shira Chateau, which does, I guess, probably feel like an enclosed space once you have all of the decor that Robin has added, but still somehow roomier than the RV. Yeah, when you run the risk of being suffocated by just a pile of garbage that's going to collapse on you, an avalanche of shit. Of dolls and miniatures, porcelain dolls. Annabelle dolls. (laughs) Annabelle Brown dolls. Annabelle Brown dolls. But there's just so many uncertainties. So... Janelle's trying to take this in stride. We're going to be open and accepting of whatever is coming. That means it's time to start moving. We saw that she actually did purchase the RV she intended to. So thank the Lord that it was actually in good condition and it was what she had asked for. So it's time to get things moving. And of course, Gabe and Garrison are here at her house again. They are a godsend to her because they have been helping her move. And I noticed we didn't get any footage of Cody holding a single box. Well, that's what I was going to say. This is just, it's Cody's dream because he's seen Gabe and Garrison helping Janelle pack up and move out of this house. That that was Cody's dream for the past couple of years now. But yeah, Cody is nowhere to be found. But he also still claims that he himself is in the middle of moving with Janelle (laughs) in spirit, I suppose. Now, Cody knows the idea of moving into a trailer. Some of the family members are kind of cringing at. Yeah, we know. We already watched Robin's footage on that. And then she uses the excuse of how she could never do this personally because there isn't an RV large enough for her and her five kids, to which I say, kick some out. Right. Yeah, you got too many kids now. That's that's the problem. Um, also, yeah, the you weren't able to find a rental that was big enough for you and your kids. So, yeah, there's not definitely not going to be an RV that's big enough for you and your kids. Now we cut to Coyote Pass, and there is something that we may never see again. There is a construction truck on Coyote Pass, finally. Excavation is going on. The neighbor, Pete, who moves dirt for a living, as Cody refers to him, he's going to move some dirt today. They're making a culvert so the driveway doesn't wash away. All I understood was it was a pipe that goes in the ground that moves water. It's so the water doesn't wash stuff away. That's good. Yes. And we're stretching the non-existent budget that we already had for the land. This seems like a lot of investment for something that you're not going to use long term. Are we? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying is I can guarantee you that they're not actually doing this in the places where they would be able to use it when they do actually set aside these plots as well. So they're just going to have to do all of this work over again. I'm assuming. I, I guess. And they're going to have to do it times five, because even though Christine is leaving, Cody's still planning on building five houses, because apparently they have the money for that. Right. We got a house for Janelle. We got a house for Robin. We got a house for Mary. And then the other two is going to be rentals as well, because those are assets 
that are going to help them survive retirement, as Cody describes it. Oh, no, I think Janelle has to revisit the life insurance policies again, because I'm pretty sure that's the retirement plan. And they're going to have to get renters because they're going to have to start cashing in on Social Security checks and burying bodies in the back. <laughs> we need renters of a certain age. Right. That's basically the retirement plan. The worst roommate ever. That's the retirement plan. That is the plan that Cody has in mind. He's not going to tell us, though. This is a great time to be doing a project like this, though, because Cody's got a lot of pent up anger at Christine about the divorce. And so he's using this construction project to distract him from, I guess, doing more violent things. Well, that's good. Stupid things. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. That's good. In the meantime, Christine is thriving through this divorce process. We are cutting over to her house. She's prepping for Isabel's birthday slash graduation party going to be a huge party. Well, I mean, as big as they can get this party to be. So they're doing that over at her house. There's a travel theme because Izzy wants to travel after graduation. And she's trying to really make it the best she can given the circumstance, right? Kind of a shitty situation. It's COVID, even though I don't know, it's perhaps the end of COVID, (laughs) according to the Browns. (laughs) Right. And mask off. Fuck it. Mask off. (laughs) And there's the divorce, of course, that's looming over this whole thing. The divorce, divorce, of course. Divorce, divorce, of course, of course. (laughs) And so she's got all the kids helping her set up because Cody is nowhere to be found, except for when he calls Isabel. Finally, the nerve of this man who could not pick up the phone for months at a time to give his daughter a call now decides the day of her birthday slash graduation party he wants to hang out with her. Hang out with her that morning so then that way she can't help with decorations or anything else. Christine is clearly struggling trying to put this all together by herself. She's hammering stuff in. It's not staying put. It's windy. Cody is now stealing away a third of her helpers, which now means that Gwen is going to have to run and do errands, which gonna it's going to put Christine two kids down now, two helpers down. She's basically just coming to terms and explaining stuff's not going to get done. It's just her and Truly. It's just me and Truly. And look, we know Truly can throw a party. If you gave Truly 15 minutes to set up before company arrived, she would have a full spread. She'll get it done. But, you know, Christine's coming to the realization some of the stuff, the decorations that we had in mind, it's not going to get done in time. God forbid that Cody actually offers up to suggest to assist with anything. No, he's talking about coming and taking some people away from this scenario. I also don't want to let Mary, Robin, and Janelle off the hook here because where the fuck are they? Everyone's so caught up with talking about how great the party was later on and how we love doing things as a family and isn't this great? No one was here before the party started to help their sister wife set up. Well, that's what we love about it. We love that Christine does all the stuff and makes it so nice for us to come and hang out. That's what we like. (laughs) That is exactly true. And two weeks ago, Christine told us, you are not a sister wife to me anymore. I am no longer part of the family. So their obligation has ended as of that conversation as well. This is interesting. We can't skip over it. Everyone who is coming to the party has either been COVID tested or vaccinated at this point. So this is a party where you can hug and actually interact with each other closer than six feet. Hugs all around. Yeah. Everybody from Flagstaff, all of the family members who are in Flagstaff are planning on coming to this. It's going to be a big blowout. I wonder which camp Cody falls into. Is he a vaccinated person or is he a COVID test person? 
I don't think we really need to answer that, do we? I think we all know he's in the COVID test camp. We have our suspicions uh, <laughs> that he's probably not vaccinated. Which really, again, begs to question then, how is this different from them being able to get together at any point prior to this while COVID tests exist? They literally could have organized any of these things. If you test prior, it's the same level of risk as it was any other time that you were going to be taking tests. Well, okay. I guess one thing we should talk about was Christine got vaccinated. And I think Janelle did too, but Christine definitely posted about it on Instagram. So is he more comfortable because the riskiest people were vaccinated? That could very well be a reason why he was okay with this. But it seems like Cody's kind of over it too. People don't wear masks anymore. He's come to terms with that when he's out with Janelle, at least. Maybe not with Robin. He probably wouldn't let that fly. So now is he going to come on the trip to bring Izzy to school? Probably not. <laughs> I I bet you not, because it involves moving. I just want to start pointing at all the hypocrisy that's going to come up here. He's going to have to go into the closet and bust out his trusty moving denims. <laughs> they don't fit anymore after quarantine. <laughs> and his fancy moving gloves, which, yeah, none of that stuff fits anymore. It's a big problem. This is probably their last family gathering, and Robin is pretty concerned. Is it going to be tense? Is there going to be a lot of tension? How's it going to be? Are people going to be weird? I think Robin's going to be weird. She was the weirdest person. She was person. the weirdest person. <laughs> Everyone else was acting pretty normally, and she was the one who, she didn't even know when she walked up, should she hug anybody? Although that might have been a COVID thing, because we know, we suspect Robin is the one behind all the rules. We're a little suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. She tried to jet past Isabel. She didn't even stop to give her a hug. Izzy grabbed her, though. She was like, hey, Robin, over here. You missed me. Come (laughs) give me a hug, girl. Now, who at this party knows about the divorce? That's a big topic of speculation for Christine, because we know she hasn't told Truly. Not good. It's basically everybody except for Truly, because even Robin told all of her kids. Including Saul and Ari. Who are like five? Saul and Ari. Nine and five? Nine and five at this time. So... Robin had to explain how she, her kids are so confused. And it's like, well, yeah, because they're like little children. Why would you tell a five-year-old a very big secret? She is not capable of keeping this to herself. Before going to the house of the person that you're trying to keep the secrets from, <laughs> you didn't need to tell her that. It's only going to complicate things. Also, Again, why confuse the kids in a way where they're now going to be made to feel uncomfortable interacting with people because they don't understand what does divorce mean for their relationship with Christine? It's going to make it weird for them, too. And I don't like the whole thing of keeping secrets with children anyway. Yucky energy. Yucky energy. Keeping secrets between adults and children and normalizing that. Not good. Don't like that. So. We finally come around to the terms where COVID apparently was not the the main reason why we haven't been together. Now they've just been avoiding getting together because there's so many issues within the family. So we're just back to where we were before COVID started. Good. Yeah, we're right back to where we were three years ago. Thank God. At that Olive Garden intervention that Janelle held. So this this party is serving a lot of use cases, I think. So this is a graduation party for Isabel. This is a birthday party for Isabel. And then it's also kind of a farewell party for Isabel as well, too, because she's planning on driving across the country to North Carolina to live with Maddie and Caleb. And it's the last family gathering. And it's the last family gathering. There's so many layers to this party. Why are Robin and Christine dressed alike? I That threw me off because I was like, uh-oh, are they wearing the same thing? Is this Robin's uncanny ability that she has? Because it was the same thing when she matched 
what Mary was wearing when they went to go sign her divorce papers for the legal divorce. Never forget the same blazer color. Same blazer and denims <laughs> that they were rocking. I'm sorry, that can't be a coincidence. And that this And clearly it's not a one-off circumstance. This has happened multiple times. So how does Robin know what these people are going to wear? And how does she acquire the same exact outfits? I don't know. This one was slightly different, just like the, the blazers just with Mary. Just like the blazer. This one, the shirt that Robin had on, again, it was the black with the flowers on top, but hers looked like it came from the business casual section of Kohl's. Because she is great at business. <laughs> and then Christine's was more of like, you know, the casual party area. A little more fun and flowy she, in the yeah, sleeves. Yeah, she had a little bell sleeve going on. It okay. wasn't so formal. Right, right. Robin always looks like she's ready to find a keyboard and start taking uh, notes in a meeting. Yeah, she'll send you the Outlook invite for this right after the call. She's always ready to be a court stenographer at any moment. So as it turns out, there is just a little too much happiness around here. So Cody's got to bring it down a notch. And he has to remind us he's in the middle of a breakup, not a divorce. It's a breakup. That's what's going on here. So there's just this cloud of sadness over all of this for him. So that's why everybody else should suffer. And he, he doesn't like that everybody else is feeling happy at this point. Everyone else seems completely fine aside from him and Robin. Everybody else is doing great. Then we get some of Christine's kids talking about the divorce. We start with Izzy, of course, since it is her party. She saw the divorce coming, as did literally everyone else on Earth. But she's really excited about it because it means that Christine has the opportunity to actually find someone who's going to make her really happy. I thought that was nice. And then we get McKelty's take on it, which was kind of weird to have her and Tony drop in on this episode since they weren't able to be at the party. It's true. They weren't at the party. So they, that was... Yeah, we just had their opinion on the couch, apparently. McKelty was relieved when she found out about the divorce because they weren't in love. So it was just kind of weird. And then Tony's thought was it was inevitable. It was going to happen at some point. He answers very carefully and chooses his words. Well, I thought he was going to say he can't imagine any man being perfect enough to handle Christine. But then he had to say, oh, to handle four wives. So that was where it was like, well, yes, that's where these strained relationships come about. But I thought that he was going to say nobody's perfect enough to handle Christine. <laughs> I think the word handle was maybe the wrong choice. I think what he was trying to say was that you can't imagine there being a person who can fulfill the needs of four different people. And be who those people each need every single day. Oh, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty much what we've seen play out on this show. Essentially, yeah. Because not only do we have strange relationships with the wives, it turns out Cody is realizing he has strange relationships with most of his kids. And he's not in a good place with them. Which I thought was interesting because a lot of the verbiage that Cody was using to describe where he is with his adult children right now is very similar to the accusations that he always places with Mary being in a bad place with most of the family. Right. Recall when he told Mary that she had to fix her relationships with all of the adult children who she had bad relationships with in order to be able to work on her relationship with him. So I think it's interesting that Cody is able to deserve a relationship with his preferred wife, Robin, even though he has all these strained relationships with his children that he admits and describes extensively. I'm telling you, Mary and Cody are the same human being and karma came for him. The same. They're the same exact. They are mirrors of one another. So Cody's feeling lonely and bitter. So it's time for cake. 
So we have to remind everybody, this is Isabel's 18th birthday slash graduation party. As an audience member of the show, yes, we need that reminder. But also, I guess Cody needs that reminder too, because he's apparently under the impression that this is Isabel's 17th birthday party. Right, because he asks her, what is this, you sweet 17? And she's like, well, yeah, I am currently, and then I'm almost sweet 18, because this is an 18 party, if you (laughs) failed to recall that. When she clarified, this is an 18 party. That's why you're here. (laughs) That's why you invited. I was looking forward to the other family members' faces, and nobody reacted in the way that I was hoping. I wanted to see Gabe so bad. (laughs) I thought Gabe would come through with a face no reaction. I don't know if a lot of people didn't hear it and we heard it because they were mic'd up. I thought Gabe was going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, uh, the whole, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why are we talking about the sweet thing again? Look, we covered that with Robin's kids. Sweet 16, blah, blah, blah. Sweet 16 and never been kissed. <laughs> you had to bust out the phonograph again. <laughs> we get it, Cody. You have an obsession with purity. Purity culture and that garbage. I love how they asked him on the couch for clarification because I think the question that they probably asked him was like, hey, you fucked up and you mentioned Isabel was turning 17, but she was actually turning 18. And he was like, oh, I can see why you were confused by that. It's the sweet 18. uh, And he goes into the whole explanation of the sweet birthdays. And it's like, yeah, I don't care about your fucking purity culture bullshit. That was not what the question was. The question was, Why did you mistake that Isabel was turning 17 when she was, in fact, turning 18, sir? You know, Cody was like, oh, I need to go make a phone call because he needs to go get in touch with his lawyer and stop the paperwork for Isabel's custody. Right. Yeah. Oh, she's legal adult now. Uh Oh, yeah. I guess I don't need to adopt her. So we'll let that one slide. We need to talk about the cake and the COVID situation, how quickly people forget the rules, because little Ari, did you see her sneak in there? And swipe those fingers through that cake and lick them. Oh, I saw her licking the candles, but I didn't know that she went fist first into the cake. <laughs> she was she was all up in there. She is determined to give this family COVID. Yeah, she's finishing the job she started in January. Just a nice send off for Christine and the kids. It's good. She's putting the vaccinations to the test. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So I did like... The only ramblings that I did enjoy about Cody's purity culture bullshit was when he was mentioning that you need to keep your kisses so that you're not driven mad with sexuality was the phrase. And that's all you need to hear from that entire tirade to know that it was bullshit. But I like that that's probably in his mind what Mary did to him when she tricked him and fooled him. She baited him along and drove him mad with his sexuality that he needed to marry her so he could bang it out. I guess that's something that he and Robin have in common then because she was also driven mad by sexuality with her first husband and then, you know, accidentally had three children that she regretted with him. Exactly. So with all that history aside, all that yucky energy, it's feeling like old times. It's feeling like the good old days. And we're trying to hang on to these moments because we don't know when they'll ever happen again. And as we all know, in the good old days, when there's a graduation, there's a surprise planned in which the entire family, except for Janelle, participates. I was going to say, yeah, this was a lot better than the other ones that we've been recapping on the rewatch as part of the series in the off season, because it's not as awkward, not as uncomfortable, because I think that used to be the goal. The, The goal used to be to embarrass whichever child is graduating. Well, there were no non-family members present, so I think maybe that's why the cringe factor was missing a little bit. 
You can only embarrass your own family so much when they're in front of other family. But you're right. This wasn't their worst performance. Fair enough. Yeah, because Cody goes into full distraction mode because there's a big surprise going on. Aurora's tuning up her guitar in the background there. We're going to play a song, a nondescript song (laughs) that we won't mention directly. The family is going to start singing it to Isabel. We're going to have other family members join in. And then the rest of the crowd is going to sing it to her as well, too. We have a real we are the world type collaboration going on here. This song starts. Oh, my God. The way I stopped breathing when unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield started. I flash back to the mid 2000s watching the hills. Where is Lauren Conrad? That I do not know. (laughs) It was amazing and also terrifying because Christine is leading the group with the song. Could have gone either way. Could have gone 50-50. But I think she uh, redeemed herself here. I think she did okay. Well, it was much better than Let Me Call You Sweetheart, which, Mm -hmm. wow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that vocal coach, she did get her money out of in the long run because this was not as bad. Still not great. Well, I was half expecting when they handed Christine the mic, I thought she was just going to start in with, I want you to know. Oh, little Alanis. <laughs> little Alanis. I thought she was just going to be like, oh, sorry, that's what I've had on repeat for the last like two months. And that's just what came out <laughs> when you put a mic in front of me. <laughs> How amazing. Are they trolling us with having Christine sing a song? Come on. It's a joke, right? It's got to be a joke. They're in on the joke, at least this time. Because <laughs> I don't think Christine was in on the joke the last time. The first time I felt really bad for her to be honest that she had to perform that at McKelty's wedding and that McKelty insisted on it because she basically insisted her mother embarrass herself on national television. It was good though. It was a good call. <laughs> we'll get to that episode. We're getting there soon. Soon enough. Izzy loves it so much she starts to cry. She's surprised, she's touched. She loved it. It was the best. Do any of these kids know that this song was part of the Hills? I bet you they don't. Carly, you think they're watching the Hills? <laughs> they could be. In Vegas? You don't know how legendary that series is. Never seen an episode of The Hills. Don't need to. Don't want to. Not gonna. Gonna make him. No. (laughs) No, you're not. So it turns out this is actually a pretty good party. All in all. Sing-alongs. Macaroons. We got everything. Everybody had a good time. Everyone has really nice things to say about Isabel. Of course. She is full of happiness and joy. She is the strongest Of all of Christine's kids, she's been through so much. She's had a lot of challenges that the other kids have not. The scoliosis, the surgery, the migraines, everything. All the stuff that she's overcome. Having Cody as a father. Put that on the list. Everything that she's had to overcome. (laughs) It's amazing. They're really bummed. It's going to be really hard for her to be so far away from them when she moves to North Carolina for school. So now we had Cody bring it down a notch. Now we're going to have Robin bring it down a notch because this is all great and this is all fun. So why is this wrong? How is this wrong? Why are we giving up on this? Right. Why would Christine, who had to set up this party alone without the partnership or assistance of her husband, who decided to call his child finally after not speaking to her for months at a time during a pandemic and post a serious surgery, Why wouldn't she want to save this? It's just so much fun when Christine has us come together for a party that she throws. For the one time that you've done this, Robin, (laughs) since COVID started, this is what you want to hang on to? Because yeah, Christine had to single-handedly set all this up for you to enjoy. That's why you like it so much. 
Also, I don't feel like they really understand like what co-parenting is in a divorce situation because they go straight to you never speak to this person again and they are your arch enemy. That is not the way everyone handles divorce. There are families that get together for things like this, have a good time, and then you get in the car and you talk shit about the people that you hate and you go home. And I don't think Cody understands the concept of co-parenting as a married man, (laughs) let alone as a divorced man. Can we talk about the baby doll now? Okay. Annabelle. Annabelle Brown. Spirit baby to be determined. Because the only interaction that we really see between Robin and Christine is when Christine acknowledges that Robin is toting this baby doll around the entire party. Because she can tote it. (laughs) She can tote. And at one point, Cody tells Robin to put the baby doll down over there. And he points at a chair. And then she instantly does it. And something about that disturbed me a little bit because she didn't really she wasn't searching for a place to put it down. I think she was just holding on to it because she was so uncomfortable and awkward or, you know, it it is possessed. (laughs) She's trying to keep its essence contained. Yeah, there's a natural draw to it because it it needs to live off the sustenance of a human soul nearby. Do you think it's sucking on her goiter? It's finding its life source in there. That's the feeding source. Could be. There's a lot of life force in there. Mary also doesn't get why they can't just pull this together for the family. Why can't they get past their shit? The same thing she's been saying. She said this about five times throughout the episode because they need to do it for the younger kids so that Saul, Ari, oh, and little Truly all have the security of a family. Got to stay together for the kids. Blink-182. And Mary would really like the security of a family too. Yeah, honestly, if we're talking about what we need... Mary's going to be top of the list for that one. And I like how Robin's like, well, maybe we can just think of a way to make Christine feel like this is all worth staying. We can convince her to stay. Good try on that. But Robin believes miracles can happen just like when God gave her a rental last season, right? Wasn't that a thing? He didn't give her a rental. He did not. Remember, he never came through. Right. That was a miracle that she was banking on and it didn't happen. So get ready, Robin, because here comes another miracle That's not going to happen. Another disappointment to add to the books. Just chalk it up. Janelle's not as optimistic. She's looking at this and she's saying there's not going to be a lot more days like this. So I don't know what is going on with Robin and Mary, but they are in a very different mental place than where Janelle is at, which is reality. You can tell there's a big difference. But Christine's take, Cody can't hide the way he feels. He's emotional and he's sad. And he's realizing that he hasn't spent enough time with Isabel. And I think he's slowly coming to terms with that. I feel like that's giving Cody a lot of credit. I don't think he's come to that realization at all. No. And everything's about him and how he's feeling. Cut to Cody saying, I'm blue. He's blue, dubba dee, dubba die. (laughs) Put that on the playlist as well. He's really just wishing that Christine wouldn't leave and that Izzy would go to school here because that would make his life a lot easier. He's in a state of regret and frustration. And I think my favorite part of this episode was that The only interaction that Cody and Christine had directly was when Cody asked Christine if a quiche was (laughs) gluten-free. Yes, it is gluten-free, Cody. So you can serve that up on a plate to Robin as needed. How dare you ruin a quiche that way, sir? Well, I think he had to ask because Robin still doesn't know what gluten is, (laughs) even though she is probably convinced that she does have celiac disease. (laughs) It's a really weird thing to get left 
You know, Cody's never technically been left by a wife before. Oh, he's been threatened numerous times. That he is accustomed to and used to. That is his normal state of being. But having a wife actually up and leave him? This is weird. Real blow to that narc ego, huh? That's what's going on here. He's spiraling. It's made him question plural marriage, his faith, his entire religion. And reflecting back on it now, their whole message about polygamy since the show even started, it just seems so dysfunctional now. Thank you for joining the rest of us, Cody Brown. Now? It seems dysfunctional (laughs) now, Cody? It's always been dysfunction, baby. Next episode. As Isabel packs up for college, Gwendolyn opens up about her sexuality. Christine reveals her moving timeline and Cody pushes back. Then, after an overheard conversation, Christine tells Truly about the divorce. I think that that could have been handled better. You really needed to set some time aside to actually talk through it with Truly. You can't have it be a follow-up reaction, knee-jerk conversation that happens because she overheard something. Yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, hope for how this is going to play out, but I guess we'll see if there's more to the story. It doesn't sound good. Can't defend you on this one, Christine. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.